You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Hey, Joey, you are drinking from the fire hose of life as I can hear you hooning down the Monash, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, coming to you live from uh, yeah, the kind of the endless ring roads of Melbourne at the moment, isn't it? So three lanes of uh, yeah, kind of uh, dispirited people every which way you look. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I don't. I don't see many people singing that this year. Like it feels. Uh, people definitely feel a little bit subdued. Like Black Friday kind of felt like uh, in the city that day, and it felt like like a strike mission. If you know what I mean. Like the way that I don't know. Like how Boxing Day sales used to feel. You know what I mean. When everyone was like all lined up, raring to go, going for the one thing. So it's uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, a subdued uh, Christmas time here, and people. In traffic, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, Rudolph noses on cars, put it that way. <laughs> it's a different, it's a, it's a different color palette. It's a different shade of red to the last couple, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is. A little bit more ragey. Yeah, a little it, bit more ragey. Yeah, yeah, the dial's been dialed up. Um, the RVA has, has done a good job at uh, infusing that color, I think. So, yeah, yeah everyone's feeling, feeling the pinch. Um R- rosy cheeks for all the wrong reasons um but maybe the right we'll see <laughs> but nice to hear you mate and you're heading off overseas so everyone here is we're going to get the australian foreign correspondent heading stateside so you'll be able to catch a conversation uh, yeah before yeah the news maybe out. uh maybe listen to me chatting from like a texas barbecue spot that could be fun if uh if i can line that up that'd be really nice yeah yeah so we'll be able to hear joe licking his lips but um this it's stateside um this episode though or this convo we're chatting about accountability mate so you better be eating those ribs um and fostering a central narrative to unite us um off the back of last convo where we were speaking about leading um and to recap whoever's jumping in here is we sort of landed on leadership correct me if i'm wrong joe but we sort of landed on modern day leadership changing from really singular to allowing and being a platform to allow others to feel heard and then now the challenge for leadership is how to have you know multiple perspectives heard and then be able to push something forward that's gathered from that and be able to work towards achieving something and and how do you shepherd that in as a leader now versus maybe like charge to the top of the mountain put a put a flag in it take a photo and tell everyone how great you are yeah no definitely definitely and i think it's you know it's uh yeah it's kind of i guess there's standing standing for something and kind of trying to stand for the right thing but being able to join people together around it i think is a Personally, I think it's a much harder, harder skill to master, particularly like, you know, when you're thinking about it at scale and how to build, I guess, a, a national narrative even, right? When you kind of take it all the way back up to like a political level or kind of like a national community basis, it's very, it's very difficult to kind of join everyone together around a central, central narrative. So one of the things that kind of, I think, leaders try to do is have a platform but understand that the way that they actually message that platform to, to different constituents, um, different groups, might need to actually differ as they as they work through. So I think that's kind of you know really the the age old thing around kind of community development or doing community work is that you would say the same thing, but you're probably going to say it different to the you know 
someone who has a shared history with you, like it, may, it might be shared ethnicity, shared gender, etc., to someone who does not. And that's the kind of stuff that I think is really, really important, particularly well today more so than ever, because in a digital in a digital world, it's only it's only amplified. People tend to hear only the things they're looking for. Yeah, only the things. So it's it's a tricky one because we were sort of landed off the back of that convo around football and how it's sort of how to account for tribalism in post truth world and what that actually means and and sort of where we are and how you know you've got leaders now, who are arguably the, some of the best comedians in the world, running where you're about to head off stateside, but not trying to be funny and that's where we are and how yeah. to how to combat yeah. that and then it's like you know what is a vision forward like what is that post-truth so are you are you diving in there how to bring in all those different ideas say like bridge the gap between where you're yeah i think i yeah Yeah. no exactly it's like how do you act as act as a bridge because i I think in an old form of leadership like comedy is actually a good good analogy for all of this like the world just isn't um as funny perhaps as it used to be right because you've asked or it's or it's like hilariously funny but everyone's petrified to laugh yeah (laughs) well it's probably that (laughs) but it's but the kind of the sense of like i guess what kind of gets called like politically correct or you know like um snowflake culture kind of all this sort of stuff (laughs) is that it's real uh, even that's not politically correct so uh, there you go we're canceled Um, we're done for yeah we're canceled we're done we're done but like even the fact that people get kind of canceled around these stuff is that there is a, you know, there's a social kind of um, risk now to kind of actually being being too bold. So I think in a kind of in a community development slash kind of leadership perspective, it's it's about what other tools can you actually um, find to, as you said, be that bridge, yeah. be that bridge those groups and kind of try to bring people together the best the best that you can to build. I wouldn't even say like a, a joint consensus, right? that kind of, you know, we're going to tackle this this together. And, you know, I think a lot about it in, like, the context of, like, big reforms. We've had this here with um, Voice to Parliament, um, the UK kind of referendum around Brexit. You know, you, you've seen this type of thing play out. You've also seen it play out even with Obama kind of failing to get his health care reforms truly through with Obamacare. Mm. Um, is that, you know, kind of trying to join everyone together around just, like, one kind of singular thing, like, this is this is good, um, this is a good thing to do, no longer really works. Um, so you can't lead in that way. It's almost about kind of actually explaining it piece by piece in ways that are relevant to 60 different groups to actually get to one, not even shared point of view, but actually one step forward. And I think it's a very complicated time because of that. So mm. how, you, how, you get a, how you actually get progress is more and more challenging. Yeah, the skews on how you talk and how that is how that's spoken and how you feel heard and whether you like to feel heard or not and everyone's different needs. But let's strip it back. Like I think we've tried to tackle probably the biggest bird in history and that is like duo politics and how to get a so shared, let's, shared let's, vision. Let's just take a little bite of the turkey, <laughs> not eat the whole thing. Yeah. Let's just strip it back a bit and, <laughs> and say and, and speak to something that I think both of you and I work on professionally is like how do you how do you at an organizational level where you're all supposedly like gunning towards the same space, but how do you f- make everyone feel heard? How do you make everyone feel part of it? Like, I think that's starting at, at a space. Obviously it's very tribal there, but you have fractions within that always yeah. as people, different, uh, different agendas, different wants, different desires, different ideas. But 
how do you push forward in that space and like i don't know i feel i feel like there's a lot of different techniques but number one is making sure people feel heard and then number two is is slowly piecing that together like little i've worked with you piecing little things together where they feel like oh i've got you're sort of playing that arbitrage i've got a little bit of a say here and yeah. that concession is is and i've heard that the other piece is how do you get other people to hear others and that's obviously getting the same room or or how do you how do you best do that? But yeah, how do you allow people to listen? I think that's a, that's a big one in terms of getting forward a group together is to truly listen to one another and then hear maybe maybe the the strength of a leader in that space and accountability is is really around um, contextualizing why you should be listening to them. So I think context is often missing missed in these moments, and sometimes there needs to be a referee to, to a degree, which could be a leader around why this person actually has has something to say and what's valid to the cause that we're here and why we're all in the room. I think there's there's a bit that goes into that and that allows different knowledge, different different sort of lived experience, if you will, and 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 different perspectives to like be heard. Otherwise it just is a whole room of noise and you end up back on your doom scroll. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, I think good leaders in an organizational context like that, I mean the big flip that's probably happened over really since you know, kind of, I guess, social kind of slash kind of, um, you know, kind of the ability to really talk digitally at, at speed broadly came through, which is kind of really early, early kind of 2000s in terms of kind of that ability for like groups to be formed that were non-hierarchical, right? Because I mean, in the old world, it was that you had management that controlled a group and it was therefore you had to control the management. And if you controlled the management, you controlled the message because there was no other way for people to connect outside mm-hmm. of those traditional um, structures, whereas organizational structure today, yes, there's a structure, but really, if you look at it, it's best thought of as a as a series of networks, right? So it's kind of that those those networks overlap through through nodes, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of you know you see that in, for example, you can have someone who's really really um, positive in an organization in terms of that they're kind of you know they're the go-to person, everyone loves them. Um, they're always happy, positive, et cetera. And they, they are a very powerful node on a network. Equally, you can have someone who's almost cancerous and toxic to the organization who, again, can kind of have that social social power and kind of white ants everything that kind of, you know, management or leadership is, is trying to do. Um, and the reason why those types of kind of characters are more powerful than ever um, is because, you know, the, the kind of the traditional hierarchy no longer really works. So it's, yes, you can message stuff to the organization, but the message very quickly goes back to being peer-to-peer. Hmm. So I think, what, I think what good leaders understand today is that they're actually there to serve their employees. So they're not, they're not above them. They're actually in a way, yes, they might get rewarded more, but they're actually below them. And they're actually kind of really the platform. And, you know, we've been talking about this, that kind of everyone else can stand on and actually can do that. And I think the, the great ones are able to, have a central message about what the organization stands for, what it's trying to do, why it's important, and why every individual there is actually working on something that is bigger than themselves. They're able to do that, but the, the message changes rather than just leave that as stated, and you're all here, aren't you lucky to be a part of it? They then turn, tend to turn that into linking, solving problems for those people to that message, right? So we're such a great, great organization, and look, this is how that solving that problem with you, for you, um, giving you the resources to solve it, is all about that. And I think that's the real big 
flip in kind of, you know, how like uh, at an organizational level leaders, leaders now lead, right? Is that it's kind of there, they tend to see themselves as more subordinate to the team that's around them, but actually serving a bigger mission. Yeah, and, and really clearly defined roles. I love how you're saying that. And, and something is, is trips through here is I think what everyone's touch point on leadership, it comes from politics, it comes at a board level when it's a corporate, and then it comes at a at, at different business level and family level, like who's leading and what is leadership, because it can change so much like a pendulum. But when it is, and I think you're getting to that, when it's rooted in a history, a purpose, and, and what explicitly is, is your role in doing that. And I feel... You know, you can feel a company culture or you can feel an organizational culture when when someone in any role feels like they're contributing to something more than just what they're they're taking home, so to speak. I think that's a big one. And then it's a leader's ability to hold accountability, like set up the structures for that and then really hold themselves account. And that's a hard, hard space. But you see, like going back to football, I was having a chat with family and Old man actually was having, it comes from corporate structure and really having a frustration with leadership or lack of leadership because it's short-sighted and the short-sightedness of being able to achieve something that that actually requires like dedication, say like serious social issues, political issues, whatever problems you're trying to solve actually need long sight. But at the moment, we don't really have the incentive structure. A lot of those organizations arguably to be able to do that because it's short-sighted return. So like there's a frustration point there and there's a frustration point there for a worker and like what, what does that actually feel like? Um, but you turn to say a football club and <laughs> I'm always dragging it there but, um, and you hear something change in there and that is their ability to, uh, to emphasize the group's role, everyone's role there to be able to push something forward and what they often do the best and, and you're a big proponent of, of speaking to this is, you know, call on the history and why you're there and a greater purpose and feeling that lineage and that you're filling a role but that's also um, honoring something that was come before you to be able to give that on. And I think that's what a lot of people crave whether you know it or not is like passing on, like feeling fulfilled. How do you, how do you enable people to feel fulfilled? But the biggest challenge I think in in leadership now is like how do you look past those six months year long or how do you build that six month year long into a greater longer five year five year look where you can actually have a go at that runway not do like a uh, alan joyce and um shell the company out get <laughs> get huge amount of profit and bail back to ireland like it's yeah it's yeah i mean like i'm i'm, I'm no uh you know I'm, I'm no alan joyce fan as you as you well know but I do think, you know, he had a plan. Right? Well, he, he had a plan, 100%. A plan. And the board board was on yeah. board. Like, they got yeah. cash. He got cash. Qantas yeah. lost, lost arguably, like, lost its reputation. Like, it came at a cost. But the incentives there were for him to lead like that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, like, you know, he would, he would look at that and probably the board would look at that as really what he's taken and is a unstable airline, you know, when he – whenever he started kind of, you know, 15 years ago and he's turned it into, you know, a profitable airline that has a low cost subsidiary, has, you know, an international business that broadly works. So, you know, and I think, you know, and it's self-sustaining. It's one of the few national carriers. I mean, that's, that's the narrative that they, they would say, but like the bigger, the bigger point in all of that, I think is that what happens in situations like that is that 
no one really went along for the ride at Qantas, if that makes sense. He really kind of bullied his way through that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people did, etc. And obviously, a lot of them are now are now gone because there's a different different type of leadership. Where so Qantas was kind of what I would say very much like the the cult of the CEO kind of based culture, which is really it's about serve. It wasn't about working for Qantas. It was about working for Allen, right? And that's that's always a real worry when you're kind of in a corporate sense is when they're like. You know, they don't name the organization they work for. They're actually like, I work for X, right? It doesn't, doesn't matter who it is. When you, whereas you look at um, businesses that perform over the true long term, the transition of leadership, one, is often to someone internally. And two, it's, it's more often that it's really it's a passing of the pattern because, as you said, it's a pattern. Because, as you say, you know, they, they, they stand for something bigger. There's a bigger ideal that everyone's actually working working for. And, you know, I think so. I think in leadership, like these days, it's kind of really going, well, you know what? I've got a plan. I'm going to try to build something over the next four or five years. Um, but I might be gone in two days, right? I think that's the real thing about leadership these days is that the world is so up and down. Um, anything can come from anywhere. But you kind of got to really invest in your people, broadly trust your plan, be able to move as you need to move. But that's about narrative. That's that's not about we're going to deliver this plan exactly this way. It's actually that together we're actually going to be able to accomplish something, even if that's just as simple as staying in business, right? Or if it's as complicated as, you know, building um, open AI, right? Like that's, that's kind of what, you know, even if you take it to the, like the recent events of last week, right? Those, mm. All the people working at open AI they're working, they're really working for Sam and the other guy, I forget his name. They're working for them as part of that company because they believe those guys are the ones who give them the platform to do the work that they want to do. Yeah. Right? Not AI. And it's not an Allen scenario. In terms no, of, no, I don't, I don't think, I, <laughs> so think, they think, think, I think they think they're working for a bigger cause, but Sam represents that, whereas the board yeah. doesn't, right? That's rightly or wrongly, I really don't know what, what his agenda is, but that's, but they clearly believe in it. Yeah, they, yeah, he's he sold the ticket and they're on the ride and they really want Sam at the helm. Of the, Definitely. Yeah, they, yeah, and they're building the uh, the merry-go-round as we speak. It isn't completed, so whether it comes back around or not is debatable. But yeah, that sort of leadership. But it's a sort of it's like a conundrum there. It's like very similar mirrors to Ellen, like where you open that and then at the same time there's the Sam where it's like it it's so rested on the person though, like he can't pass that baton on. But I think he represents something a bit bigger. Yeah, so I, I think which is an interesting one. There's a mission. Exactly. There's a mission, right? There's a mission together, and I don't think it's I don't think it's grounded in that instance necessarily in fear. Whereas I think kind of like yeah. the, it's more like a you know I think if you were at Qantas, it was about pleasing Alan, not necessarily working for the customer and building you know Australia's favorite kind of way to fly, one of his favorite brands. I don't think he worked for the brand anymore. Whereas I think. You know, Sam is more a vessel of a cause, which happens to be called OpenAI. And, of course, they're confused because they're not-for-profit plus they're for-profit. So, I mean, that's always going to get a bit complicated. Um, but, you know, they're working through that. But I think there's a bigger sense of mission that's involved in that space. And so in a corporate world, I think it's it's kind of arguably this is why business is making more change in the world than necessarily some um, political systems can because, you can actually still have that kind of that impact whereas in politics these days there tends to be actually less longevity right it's not like you well, see it. a lot of the time the, the vice president stepping up to become the president or you know you see like a lineage of kind of ways of being that this is the next representation of that style of doing the right thing 
by the by the kind of the you know the constituents. Like you just don't see a lot of that anymore, and that's you know maybe that's a maybe that's a thing that needs to change to kind of get back on track. I think it is in terms of political. It, it's a big one, and I think uh, for argument's sake, I think there's something to say uh, at a corporate level in the way that we that we operate um, or maybe it's a value system but at a, at a corporate level there's something to say about that short termism that lean, leans in Ellen I think um, to do what he did I think OpenIA is a unique scenario because it's you know it's at the cutting edge so much cash is in there like they're completely different to, to the rest of us at the moment where the economies are like yeah. they have to shut the door from cash pouring in it's a different scenario um and then yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, <laughs> I would love to have known how much he was offered by who to start what right yeah so, so it's yeah. It, it's different but it's in terms of how do you enable that long-termism and what is in, and what do you anchor that to as a leader and how do you start tying or as an organization really like how do you embed that structurally culturally to enable people to feel like they're contributing to that and then passing it on a bit, if that's the way you want to operate and give that platform and what does that look like and how do you communicate that? That's, they're the challenges and I think it starts from, yes, stating it at the beginning, what your role is and enabling people maybe to be able to define it as they go through. Um, but as it's hard when it's big, big and small. Like at a large company, it's hard to feel that. At a small one, it's more, but it's also more taxing. So they're the trade-offs that we get, and we haven't even been able to get into accountability. And accountability, you know, it's all good and said on paper, but that's when we get to the interesting point. And how do you enforce that? And how do you, how do you do it on yourself? And how do you push forward? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's you know kind of a, a chat we can kind of work through over the over, the next over some pause, ribs. But it, but they're but they're linked. Uh, yeah, over the ribs for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be holding that pig accountable. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm living through you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they, they they are interlinked, and I think. But they're yeah. kind of you know like accountability broadly looks different this time than it used to. Right? Accountability used to be broadly linked, I think, to fear, whereas accountability now these days I think is really linked to kind of a set of values and a way of being that. Uh, you know, are you being true to that um, versus kind of are you actually afraid to lose your job? And they're they're different they're different conversations. And I think that's kind of where you know kind of the different the old way of leaders leadership, which is very much around you know you report to me. There's kind of it's basically a command and control model. Today, I think it's much more kind of read and react based on a set of, set of values. Going, yep, you know, this is what's controllable and this is what isn't. But uh, there's lots to unpack there around accountability. And, maybe we do that next episode 100% so yeah take a light travel bag and um, <laughs> unpack accountability state side and we'll see where we land <laughs> always, always do yeah good good leaders only take carry on yeah. <laughs> that's it <So laughs> many experience coming back but um, yeah let's pick up that one sounds good alright cheers Matt thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual subscribe and learn more at baupod.co That's B-A-U-P-O-D dot co.